Welcome back to another episode of The Shock Market. Today I'm going to be by myself. Really quickly just to introduce the interview that we had this weekend that we did uh, live on Facebook. For those of you that didn't get to see it or haven't seen it or haven't heard it yet, I'm going to go ahead and play that. It was cool. We have Josh James from the Emacs team. Um, I'm not sure if he's still with the Emacs team, but I know he started up with them. The guy's been in the game for a long time, knows a lot of stuff. Uh, it's a funny interview, pretty cool. We had uh, Craig, me, Sandy, and uh, Josh James. So check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Also, the link to the video will be uh, in the description. If you guys want to check that out, feel free to do so. Here you go. I when I plan, things go wrong. So I just, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I got bullet points and some, some, some little, that's about the extent of it. So Sandy's going to have to let me know how to use a capture card. I could not figure out how to get the Blackmagic capture card for the actual camera to connect to this browser. <laughs> Sandy has all that stuff up. Yeah, you he's, he's yeah look, how, look how he's magnificent tacky. Sandy's quality is. Uh, I've got two two lights right on either side of my screen. I bought uh, two small light boxes. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I got the, I got this ring light. You can see it in my glasses. I have nothing. I live in Mexico, guys. I, you know what I, mean? I have two browser windows open with a color palette checker, and I was like, I think I'll just generate some orange palettes and see what happens. I, like, I, I did. I got my desk light right. I was like, look, baby, I got one of them blogging lights too, and I turned it on. <laughs> I can it's like everyone, everyone oh, bought the same ring light too. It's like everyone bought the same one yeah. and we all left bad reviews, but somehow it's got five stars. No. <laughs> I don't believe in reviews. Why used to check reviews? The bad review stuff has good quality and then the good review stuff has, I just don't believe it anymore. Yeah. So as far as it goes though, man, I mean, I, I have some money in Emacs. I got some stakes in Emacs. Uh, very little, you know what I mean? But still something. Uh, that and shit pretty much all I got in. But I know that, that, that we've, we've, me and Broski talked about it in the past. Like he had mentioned just when we first started doing the podcast that uh, you were a, a possible, you know, guest. And I was like, don't know anything about it. Sounds awesome. I'd love to have anybody who's, you know, part of anything in, in the crypto game because that's what I do. I'm the one that's in the crypto servers. I know that, that we all mess with crypto, but technically, I guess it's the one that I'm, I'm running is a crypto one, right? But as soon as I heard about that, I started doing some research and stuff like that. And like you said, there's very little as far as that I could find on you in general as far as the Emacs thing went. But I guess that's all going to change anyway. But um. Yeah, why don't you want to tell everybody who you are, what's going on, and, and, and you know anything you want, want to bring up as far as that goes. Sure. So, hey, everyone. I'm Josh James, or not Josh James. I, <laughs> for a collection of reasons, um, I left the internet in like 2013, right? So I lurked, but I deleted a bunch of my, pretty much everything, uh, you know, Smart all the man. accounts, everything, ghosted everything. Um, you know, this is just in the wake of all of the Snowden revelations. I had been jailbreaking iPhones since like 2008, 2009. Um, <laughs> so as soon as you're into any of those... Like I, by no means, I would never prescribe myself as a hacker. Um, at closest, a script kitty, right? Just meaning I go and I know how to like Google things a little bit more than somebody else does, and then yeah. I just mess around <laughs> and, and figure it out, right? Yep. Uh, but it turns out that you know if you do that enough, people will come to you and be like, "Hey, how do I, you know, how do I break into the NSA or something?" I'm like, well, I can Google it for you. But anyway, so I, I got a little a little concerned with. Um, the landscape of the future in social, uh, particularly like I'm 26 now. So that was at, you know, age 18, 19. And I just realized that, you know, I didn't really control uh, the information that was presented to me, right? Because it's all algorithmically determined and it would just show up and it would influence how I was thinking about the day, right? So I'd, yeah. I'd wake up and then sometimes, you know, I, I, I would go several hours in a day uh, where I, I would not have my own thoughts. Like I, I wouldn't, there wouldn't be a five minute period where I wouldn't attempt to fill it with, with an algorithm, right. With a, with a newsfeed. And this is, this is now eight years ago. Right. So 
anyway, having left the internet for a while, I also was into um, Bitcoin and crypto back in, I think, 20, 2011, 2012 was about my, my first years. Nice. Um, you know, so I hit, I saw it like hit $10. I saw it hit $100. I think that was August of 13, if I remember correctly. Earlier this year, I, I went to go dig through like some old hard drives and look through like the types of photos and screenshots and everything I had on my, my phone, like right before I got off the internet. And I found yeah. screenshots, you know, where I just took a picture of my, my like laptop screen. And those were old Bitcoin wallets that at the time had like 15 or $20. And now it's like 10, 15, 20 K. Wow. Right? Man. So, you know, crypto and I have had a pretty turbulent relationship as, as I think <laughs> many people can relate to. But over that past seven, eight years living nomad, I did a bunch of off and on consulting. I did some app development here and there, um, you know, just just kind of feeling things out. And I've been working on a bunch of projects in the background. And so I met all of the Emacs guys because I'm, I'm down here in Miami. You can see the uh, wheel. Right across from Bayside. A uh, <laughs> couple of weeks ago, they uh, they had given me a shout. Um, reached out through a mutual friend. It was like, hey, you know, we're working on this crypto project. A um, lot of lot of confusion. Like we're trying to do these certain things, but we don't know if these are the things we should be doing. Uh, you know, can you come? Can you come help us out? It's like, okay, sure, right? So I get on a call. Ends up going a couple couple hours. They bring on a couple people. So I'm asking a bunch of questions. They're asking a bunch of questions. Everyone is given each other undivided attention, right? Which is always a good sign. So that's enough to take it to the next day where I go to the Fountain Blue, where the, the Bitcoin conference was being held on the beach. And apparently I found this out after the fact, they were pretty explicit about it being like Bitcoin and not other crypto, which, eh, you know, that's a whatever. Weird. That's a little weird. <laughs> whatever. So, you know, I showed up there. I ended up speaking with, you know, 20 something, two dozen plus people um, over the course. It was like a marathon session, you know, so we're like meeting there in the, in the, one of the atriums of this of this hotel and there you know it might be like three or four people and then another three or four show up and now we've got like an eight nine person group and we're just trying to brainstorm and try to mind meld uh you know and then a few of them will rotate out to go take care of some some pressing issues or you know figure out who's giving a shirt to whom you know uh -huh. and uh so then a few other people show up so like five after five something hours we we struck a deal and i had a pretty good understanding of what would lie ahead in the next few weeks um and, and this is all pertaining still to, to emacs though or just that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that, that's right. that's a, a seamless transition from my backstory into my relationship. With right. No. And, and, and it was it was well done. Gotcha. Well done. I, I, I applaud <laughs> you for that. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. Cool. I mean, about EX, obviously from these guys. I don't. Unlike most traders, right? I don't really trade. I just steal all their ideas and then try to apply it myself. You know, Broski and Sandy <laughs> is how I operate. Right. Um, my trading technique is I spin my phone around and I point at something, and if it lands on that, I go long. But like, so. I have very little information about stuff, right? I, I do like read the news and stuff, you know, but uh, for everybody who doesn't know, Emacs is Ethereum Max, right? I mean, does it have any relation Correct. to Ethereum or is it just because it's on the Ethereum blockchain? Um, well, that's that right. Yeah, it's an, it's an ERC-20, which means it's just compatible and compliant with the, you know, the regulation or the standard of uh, like an Ethereum-based crypto. Yeah. All right. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So me and myself, as far as, um, again, what goes with crypto, right? I want to know what's in the works as far as it's just... Not just with Emacs, but the stock market. How do you see the stock market? How it's been, especially in the last like week or two, how things have been shaping. What do you well, see in the, the future? I mean, the whole crypto market, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the crypto's just been going wild as far as I'm concerned, right? You know, lately. So like, you know, a lot of highs, a lot of O's, up and downs, going crazy. And and just what's your outlook on that? And and where do you see coming in the near future or what or distant future? However you want to 
Yeah. So looking at crypto right now as as a landscape, right? Most recently, so like yesterday, we had something like $1.5 billion in open call interest um, expire out of the money um, on Ethereum in particular. And I don't spend most of my time looking at charts. So I typically am, am just picking up headlines. Um, but this one, you know, was brought to me about a week or so prior and it was worth investigating. So I spent a little bit of time to dig into it. Um, there's a deleted Michael Burry tweet um, who is like my lead on GameStop. And I think a lot of people, you know, understand that he might have some controversial and early opinions, but they generally tend to be accurate. You know, if you predict the entire collapse of the housing market because you poured through all of the the, the most raw and granular data to, to come to these conclusions and then championed that, you know, those conclusions for a couple of years. And then finally you're right and they make a movie about you. But nonetheless, so <laughs> Michael Burry has, has some tweets about how much institutional leverage there is in crypto. And these call options and other crypto-based derivatives are, are a good... Uh, it's a good signal to look at, right? Because you you want to understand how larger financial constructs and traditional markets um, have much more of a an effect on the volatility of crypto. And volatility works both ways, you know. So when you see some crazy three four hundred percent gain in the course of a six to eight week period, that's not coming from nowhere, right? Yeah, that, right that's right. the same volatility that we experience on a downswing, um, and so. What I've learned from being an accidental diamond hands holder by having these old Bitcoin wallets is that when you take a macroeconomic approach um, and you you put your assets in a place where you know you you can't take an action against them for a certain range of time, you're typically rewarded in any new type of asset class, right? And I, I think crypto is no different. Specifically, zooming in to other things that we could speculate on. As, as a result of all of these options expiring out of the money, um, I think I had read the maximum pain point was like $1,920. Um, I'm assuming at 4 p.m. yesterday being Friday <laughs> Eastern right. time, right? And so I, like, then you see kind of the, the repercussions um, as there's a bunch of positions that are either forced to be liquidated um, or liquidated in order to cover and offset some of that that leverage that they had been trying to get long exposure on by buying these call options, right? Nonetheless, I don't think a 300% swing in either direction is ever something to not expect in crypto at this time, right? And much broader, not just with crypto as the landscape, but now talking about the entire state of, of global economics and in particular, you know, the US, um, we are absolutely heading towards an irreversible hyperinflation period. period yep. And, you know, if, if BlackRock can go and buy as many single family dwellings at 20% above market rate and aggregate them, um, and then now what are you going to do? You, like, you, you, you can't buy a home. How is, how is that social betterment, right? How is that progress? How, does the, how is there any trickle down effects there? So I, I, I think that because of, because of this scenario that we find ourselves in economically. I'm not sure whether it happens in three months, in six months, in 18 months, but I'm pretty sure it happens next year. I think there is a major economic correction incoming. Um, okay. Now, whether that correction uh, will result in positive 
social change, I think remains to be seen. And, you know, if we can do anything about it, it will, right? Because I have, you know, I did, I did GameStop, like I was just a couple days early. I did it Wednesday, the 27th. So I bought some, some weeklies um, for the memes and, you know, <laughs> bought some shares at 39. And so then those expired plus 22,000%, right? And, and so then I spent the next several months leading till now, just trying to dig deeper and uncover all of the layers of how, how was this even able to happen? And, you know, like you, I, I didn't find this information myself. I didn't go out of my way to dig through the raw FINRA reports. You know, I just happened to see for the third time in a row, GameStop came up on my Reddit feed for Wall Street Bets. And then when I had clicked that, it was a paragraph talking and it cited Michael Burry. So I was like, oh, I remember that name. I watched the big right, short. Right. That girl in the bathtub, <laughs> like, I, you can't forget that, right? So then I was like, okay, let me go and see actually what he said and not just read, you know, this guy's interpretation of that information. And, and you know, so stepping stones, that, that, that then led me to putting another, you know, another hour when it was really only 30 seconds to read that post, five minutes to, to dig a little deeper, right? And so... Ever since then, I've been trying to reconcile how 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 any of that could have unfolded and, and what can we expect for the future. And meanwhile, there has just been an incredible onslaught of just the most blatant misinformation. And so much of it originates from people that are actually well-intentioned. And I don't know. So I'm, I'm circling a bunch of different concepts here, but I expect a major correction is coming. And I think that that could be a positive thing. Because if you look right. at all of the spread of companies that make our lives the way they are now, many of them were launched straight out of 2007, right? Straight out of, of the recession and the financial crisis. Lyft, Dropbox, Stripe, Airbnb, uh, Twitter, like, like the list, right, the right, list right, goes right. on, right? Reddit, uh, probably more. Many of them all sat in some of the same rooms at Y Combinator. Uh, and, and they were all just dudes, like, you know, just people trying to, to create an idea. Right. And right. And right. Each and, and of when those... people deal with stuff like that, you know, ideas are bound to happen. I mean, when you, when, when, when scenarios like that, so yeah, I get, yeah, certainly. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so we have the opportunity to do that with crypto and to do that with DeFi and to do it with almost like the, the decentralized financial model, um, is in theory applicable to any business that transacts. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that 100 percent actually. Yeah. Um, we're having so, some issues, I guess, with some of these guys. I'm sorry to cut you off real quick. But yeah, I mean, uh, so good. let's just keep going and keep going. I mean, either way, Broski, jump in when you want to. But if you yeah, you know, and Sandy as well. I just know that people are probably like, what the hell's going on? I don't know. I've never used this term before, so just run with it, people. Just run with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you think a transfer of wealth is coming? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you think so? Based on the data that we have and the, the whole world probably changing in the next decade. So if, if, if you think about a lot of the things that have evolved, right, they, they have evolved to form asymmetric power structures, right? So when you apply vertical and horizontal scalability to an asymmetric power structure, and what I mean by this is like, hey, if you go and you register for a platform, right, you, you go and you sign up for Instagram, they own everything you ever do irrevocably yeah. Yeah. and they have abstracted it away to where it's one tap right so that is an uh, that is basically an irreversible decision all things considered right from a practical perspective 
you never get that data back. You can never really say no ever again, right? right. And so then because this can scale so rapidly uh, and, and you know, everything's caught in network effects, it's really difficult um, to then find ways of, of reversing those trends, right? I mean, because capitalism is not a bad thing, but what happens is these natural scenarios and, and mechanics, they, they evolve over time to just meet that, that asymmetry, right? And so if I'm, a, if I'm a software engineer and I go and I write some code and that code can be executed hundreds of millions of times without me doing anything, um, and I find a way that that code, um, you know, needs to be used somewhere. I, I license it for whatever number I feel like, and it right. becomes its own game of equilibrium in that negotiation. It is not relative to the to the time or the effort or the energy that I put in, right? Because uh, if you if you go and you study each of these 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 huge companies as they were growing, um, a lot of what they did early on was was in no regards in no capacity was it was it really even novel it was just a little bit better and if you look at like shopify versus wordpress right or you look at um what was another one of these examples like any any time you just make something a couple clicks sooner right i think grubhub preceded uber eats right but then uber eats you know you've already signed in because it's the same uber account right the same right, gift right, card right. works both Made ways easier, yeah. right Robinhood is is like is I mean I think I opened up a TD Ameritrade account once and it took maybe fifteen minutes but Robinhood makes it thirty seconds and one button right and they never <laughs> even block you from getting to the next screen even if you don't check a box that you're supposed to they'll just let you keep going and then they'll remind you about that box later right that always <laughs> yeah. kind of forward UI um, and, and so I I think in the context of you know trying to track backwards to your question. Uh, in, in, in the context of a wealth transfer, there must be projects, platforms, and people that build things that are much more symmetrical. They're symmetrical in their incentives and in their reward structure, and they're somewhat symmetrical in horizontal authority and fractal authority to make decisions and changes. Um, so for an example, like Cardano, do you think that could change the game as they say it will? So I, I am loosely familiar with Cardano. I, I, I think that they say all the right words. And I haven't dug into, the, I, I, I suppose, the math and the details to, to really give, like, I should not have an opinion about it other than it seems good, but that's all yeah. I know, right? Yeah. Because I, I have long learned, don't speculate on things that you know for certain you don't know about. Yes, yeah, I agree yeah. with that because people tend to do that. People love hearing themselves talk sometimes to the point to where they don't know some shit. They're going to say it anyway because, hey, I'm talking. People are listening. I'm going to say whatever I got to say. So yeah. I, I, I like that. I, I appreciate that. Actually, because I, I know the name Cardano. I know it's ADA. Uh, I know they got some new stuff coming, but that's about where my information draws, man. I, I, do, I do a lot of research on Cardano and Ethereum, just, you know, Ethereum versus Cardano. Ethereum is mostly, you know, mainstream. Cardano, they want to hook up people who don't have ways of paying each other like in other countries to the globe they want to then be able to make transactions as easy as we make transactions so cardano the, is for the, the developing too, right? world yeah and cut and cut the cost yeah I, I read it was like like cut the cost by like 70 percent or something like that 85 percent yeah, that's, that's, 
No, and the only thing I know too is I found that one thing we were looking at was a was an ADAX we had talked about, which is uh the new one coming the, out. I see. Yeah, and, and they're supposed to go based off of the uh, Cardano technology. So that's yeah, I don't know. Um, you were gonna say something, Sandy? Go ahead, Messi over there, itching, uh, bro. Uh, um, if someone can make it easier to to buy and sell crypto, especially these new coins, uh, it's gonna be a blast. I'll tell you that right now because. Just like everyone else, you hit that button, you cringe until you get that notification saying transfer yeah. complete. You know, yeah. Well, I send myself big one on Cash App for those seventeen minutes I'm waiting. I'm freaking the hell out. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> Man, some some of these guys are spending twenty, thirty dollars, but they're they're trying to find seventy to hundred dollars just in gas, and then when the, the transfer fails, you've wasted all that gas, and you still got that twenty bucks sitting in there. We're thinking, well. I'm done. I gotta, you know, I gotta wait till I can get that money back to, to uh, get this gas back. If if someone can make that cheaper, I think they're onto a huge hit there. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. I I agree with that. I I've, I've yet to spend a lot of uh, gas fees on anything. Ship was a little crazy. Yeah. But uh, I just did a workaround and, and bought it through Binance, so I didn't even spend any gas. That's yeah, how yeah. I work around things. Man. <laughs> Oh, I got man. in a bit. I got in a bit too early. I paid some gas fees on that one. I lost gas fees on that one as well. So. Definitely, man. Um, I have another question too. Uh, uh, I know that whenever you get somebody that's that's, that's uh, related to any kind of a project, right? Everyone wants to make everything about just that project, which is, I guess, understandable. But I mean, I wanted the people to know who you are in general first and stuff like that as well. But uh, <laughs> what's up with Emacs? Can you tell us just in general everything you can about Emacs in the littlest? And I'm not telling you to cut it short because we have all the time in the world. But I'm saying, like, can you condense it for people that aren't? I don't know, mentally as capable or people of my men mental, you know, gracefulness, let's say. What you're struggling to find is the term compression. Uh, can I can yeah. I compress several yeah. weeks of like huge signal into a sound bite? And I no, will he, attempt yeah. to. He said layman's like, terms. You, layman's terms. I don't even know what layman means. It's a big word. <laughs> we can use five. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead, man. <laughs> who, who is the layman? Like, which, which one of us is that? <laughs> <laughs> So Emacs is an emerging micro crap cryptocurrency. Um, micro crap. Micro cap with an AP, right? So I think you know there's a there's a lot of loose definitions of what is a micro cap. It just means it's small and it's new, right? Uh, so they they kind of came out of nowhere by sponsoring the Floyd Mayweather fight. Um, I think that was at the Hard Rock. Um, Stady. Uh, it was somewhere around here. I, I didn't end up going, right? I was behind the computer, right? Yeah. So anyway, that, that happened the the Sunday of that, so like the last day of the Bitcoin conference, which caused again some controversy because you know, he was supposed to be like only talk, everyone was supposed to be talking about only Bitcoin, right? Who, okay, whatever. So over the last few weeks, uh, there has just been an enormous amount of support and outpouring of community. And that's been incredible to experience and to witness. Um, meanwhile, we have a really deep leadership team that is like, it has a lot of overlap, right? So there are a lot of, of different domain experts. Uh, and, and you can just tell, because I think it was like a week, a week after the Sunday after the fight, uh, we had like Kim K retweet us and yeah. a bunch of other press. Right, which itself caused a bunch of controversy um, because 
what happens when you put a bunch of really talented, like capable and passionate people together and you shake everything and you say, let's go, right? Is that some things, you know, can can occasionally get overlooked. Um, and that that shaking had been happening for a few weeks leading up to the fight. So there, there were just so many people, all well-intentioned, all trying to make the best decisions according to their judgment, and it just needed more cohesion. The last few weeks have represented an enormous effort to really start to can, contain and channel all of that passion and that energy um, into the you know the venues and into the work that's going to matter most for for each person's skill set, right? So in in that paradigm, um, it's important for me to note, right, that that I'm kind of taking a step back from from the community, so to speak. And it's not because I don't love everybody; it's because a lot of the things that that I've been saying may conflict with like the official team's stance on things, right? Yeah. And so I, I have this, this idea, I suppose, or this concept. And I, I think that the future of a lot of businesses is, is going to be radically transparent, right? I, I think just the nature of these paradigms we're going to see out of DeFi requires of projects and companies to just bar all, right? Or bear all, whatever that expression is. So for me, that means, you know, as soon as I, I jumped onto this project, you know, I, I also was coming out of out of out of the the shadows from the last seven or eight years of like mostly lurking and not really going out of my way to make myself known or to connect on social platforms. You know, it's just kind of absorbing for for you know extended years, right? And and I did this very intentionally because I thought, you know, here is an opportunity um, where we have just so many. Uh, incredible diverse collections and teams that you know they got all this energy and they just need a way of figuring out how it fits in right and i i view the landscape of the future to be nothing but those types of puzzles and those types of challenges so i'm 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 privileged to have been a part of it this entire time and now it's important for me who you know anytime i make a mistake like i'm i'm the guy that like let's do it live you know, if if, yeah, if I mess something up, uh, like I messed it up and yeah, and I'm yep. I got to get OK with that. Right. I, I you know, obviously I play music, so I like I like improv far more than I do rehearsal. I think, yes, you know, that's a lot I of people know. feel that way. Yeah. Um, and, and so that just means in the context of a very new and evolving team where there's just a lot of really complex and precarious decisions. Um, that need to be made quickly, right? You, you got the biggest recipe for for a lot of heat and a lot of emotion. Um, and so in the middle of all of that, then anytime I go public and just talk about what I'm thinking and feeling in this radical transparency kind of way, uh, it's it's caused a lot of friction in the team and it's kind of my fault, right? So yeah. it's it's time for me to say, look, now I can come on podcasts and I can have these discussions about all these macroeconomic things and I can rant and ramble about how Everything is doomed, but we can make it better. And I need to be able to do that in a way that doesn't prevent the great people at Emacs from doing their jobs instead of having to clean up after me coming on there and stirring the pot. Yeah, Makes sense? Gotcha. So that, yeah, that kind of gotcha. fast forwards us to where we are with Emacs. Um, and I think they're having the, I think the, the, the fight is tonight. You can yeah, go to ethereummax.org. The the There's the plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Like with, with me, uh, uh, my wife always says that I could never be famous because I would be the worst famous person in the world because I'd probably get arrested all the time. And who knows? You know what I mean, like, <laughs> so like it just I, I understand that so much. Like that resonates with me so much because like that's how me if I was part of something like right now, uh, I have another podcast that I do. Right. And um, you're cheating on these guys. We just started this. When it comes to podcast, it's my second episode. But you know what? When it comes to podcasting, though, when I started podcast, I didn't even know what the hell a podcast was. My buddy was like, "Bro, you're hilarious. Start a podcast." I'm like, "That was a podcast. What, what does that mean?" You know what I mean? So I googled and I was like, oh, "I can do this." So my first like five episodes, my wife and I on the other podcast were literally done on my iPhone. You know, um, and you know, gotta start we're, somewhere. We're, yeah, yeah. I, I I probably started. I'm gonna go back to doing them on my iPhone. But anyway, like it just like I, I I say so many things that get me in so much trouble. It's ridiculous. I have people like already approach me about some things. They're like, "Look, it, we want to help you out and maybe sponsor some stuff, but you really got to clean it up." And, and, and I gotta say no because I would love to say yes, I'm gonna do it. But then I see some, you know, something ridiculous, man. I mean, just, my mouth gets me in so much trouble. It's, it's it's I don't know how my wife deals with it, but I mean, you know, it's just so what you're saying right now makes it, it just it, I, I felt it in my soul. That's all I'm saying, man. I agree so much with that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. These guys, yeah we, we would rather just be real with people. We don't like rehearsing nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I feel it's, pretty it's, similar. Yeah, it's, it's so much easier to just if, if I if I, start, if I had a script in front of me. I would read it for 30 seconds and then, you know, and then it would mess everything else up because then their scripts wouldn't go with each other. You know what I mean? Like I might send you five questions I'm going to ask you and then ask 12 questions and, and, and be completely against. So it just, I just flow with what's going on, man. That's yeah. how I do things. Be like water. Yeah. Bruce it's Lee. There you words. go. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone's asked the question, but what makes Emacs go up? What drives the price? That is a great question. And I will, Zoom out. <laughs> what affects the price of any crypto asset? I'm pretty sure any asset ever in the context sure. of a market. I like I'm, pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone's thinking it. So, so I, uh, I, I, I made a post tomorrow. I think it will be a month ago, um, or or four weeks ago at least, right? And and I kind of outlined some of the common fallacies that that I see often in crypto and i think they are also potentially some of the same logical fallacies and inconsistencies um that people may have around um traditional financial markets right uh, but i think it's exacerbated by crypto because of you know the nature of it being kind of a, a, a new technology where even a lot of of experienced and seasoned traditional investors um, don't really have much idea or guidance or baseline Right. I mean, even look at like um, what Titan and Iron Finance, I like even uh, not it's not Cardone. Who is um, Cuban? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban you know, okay. so like like at, if you rocket to a multi-billion dollar setup, um, whether it's valuation or whether it's the amount of, of liquidity uh, or market cap or whatever the language you're using, if that happens in a week or two, you know, it should be a flag. Right. Even if the flag is like, what if someone missed something? Nonetheless, uh, in in the so let's let's start with like how are how are any assets priced anywhere? Uh, and I guess we can use like shares. So let's say you know I've got 
I've got a banana company and a strawberry company. Those that read this post will, will remember this. I, I, I got a banana company and strawberry company, right? Um, so banana company farms and sells bananas. Strawberry company farms and sells strawberries. Um, so then if you want to buy a share of banana company or strawberry company, um, you can do so because they're publicly traded companies. And these companies pretty much only make money uh, by producing and selling this produce, right? So there, there are many factors in a, in a traditional business that go into um, their reporting. And so like a lot of times you hear like a common milestone is like the earnings call, right? Yeah. So these are kind of like regulated things where, mm -hmm. you know, the company has to come and say like, here's how many bananas we sold, right? But yep. then they also get discretion so like, you know, Apple and Google, they tend to play these games a lot where like some years Apple will tell you the number of each like model of iPhone sold um, or they'll, they'll give you like specific details about product lines. And then sometimes they'll just be like, we have 300 million in iPhone sales and say nothing else. Right. So there's a yeah. lot of things that you can like speculate on and infer from from, you know, what they are including or what they are omitting in those in those releases but nonetheless right um a company has really two things um that are the most measurable and it's like income and assets right so it's revenue and assets uh so you know banana company they might have way more land or factories or whatever than strawberry company so that might make them a much more valuable company um from from an assets perspective but then strawberry company might sell way more strawberries or maybe they sell luxury like strawberries or I don't know, like farm to table kind of yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, what, what, what is that called? Not not bespoke. You know, that one of those one of those fruity words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so so um, boutique, boutique strawberries. Boutique, there you go. Yeah, it's going to it's going to itch. <laughs> so so, you know, they might have much fewer assets, but much greater profit margin on their revenue, right? So even in the context where both companies have equal revenue, they both make, let's say like a hundred million dollars a year, right? Um, you know, of that, if strawberry company makes 50% margin, so of that hundred million in their sales, 50 million is profit and banana company, you know, they, they have so many problems and whatever, right? So they only make 20%. So okay, here's an assortment of some of the some of the things that go into the valuation of a business. But at a certain point, the company has authority to say, "Hey, I have one whole banana company. Um, I'm going to divide it into shares." And so, like, you can do that at the beginning, in the like the early formation of your company. You could do it much later. There's a bunch of stuff that goes into that. But the simple version is like they can determine how many shares exist, just like you can make up how many digits are in your cryptocurrency, right? So I, I don't actually think anything bars someone from forming an S-Corp and saying that there are one quadrillion shares. I, I think it's an arbitrary number, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I've been through this process multiple times, right, over the course of a decade. So whatever. So let's say, you know, you got a million shares um, and then you can do things like, hey, some of those shares can vote. Um, or they, they, you can have classes of shares and what you can do with them. Obviously, that's more relevant in like complex situations. But in the end, you know, you've got shares and they represent a portion of that company, right? 
So I, 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 I'm spacing on the term right now, but there's, there's like, okay. So when you look at whether a company or not is like overvalued, um, a lot of times you look at this, yeah, you you look (laughs) at this ratio of like earnings to the, to the share price. Price earnings ratio PE. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. So you look at that ratio and you can see, well, you know, relative to like historical performance, um, does does this possibly indicate because let's say they were they were trading like 20x or something, right? So that means if 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 I, I might butcher this, but if I understand properly, that means that like the the revenue that comes in, um, the number of shares divided by the revenue, or the revenue divided by the shares, you know, you need to multiply that by 20 um, for it to be even, or is it, maybe. I think, I think that's right. Yeah, kind of. Sounds if the good. company makes a hundred million dollars and there's a million shares and you have one share, you're entitled to a hundred dollars of that profit because that profit goes into the company's bucket of, of value. Yeah. And in theory, the value of that share ups proportionally. But what happens is as soon as you introduce a share price to an open market, now all kinds of things happen that is based off of um, you know, the order book. Right. And the order book, uh, a lot of times has to do with like in traditional finance, what's called like the float. Right. So you can have a bunch of shares um, that are not in circulation for all kinds of reasons. You got a new executive that comes in and their vesting period is only for like, you know, they only get these shares at a certain time. And sometimes you can have like shares that are I forget what this is called, but they're locked by a company until like a certain thing or sometimes a time. And then they can go and say, Yeah. Then now, now we can, now we can sell these shares kind of thing. Yep. Um, and, and then companies can buy, buy back some of their shares to change the float, but whatever, right. The float is analogous to crypto um, as, as like the circulating supply and the order book is based off of liquidity. Right. So if, if I put like a limit order in to sell, uh, you know, banana company shares at $90, right. Um, and it's trading at like $80 right now. Uh, so that like nothing's going to happen until, you know, the hypothetical point where banana company, now their shares are like, you know, a hundred bucks. So uh, then on the way up there, as soon as it hits 90, as soon as there are open orders to buy at 90, now my limit order that's sitting there waiting for someone that's ready to buy at 90, then that triggers. Right. And so the same thing works inversely. Um, in, in crypto, and so like we'll just talk about Uniswap, um, the only way to value things is, is off of a price pair, right? Because, you know, you can, in theory, you can swap any assets, right? So this is where things start to diverge from traditional finance because the easiest way of doing this in traditional finance is just you close out your position by, by liquidating, you know, your share or your derivatives from one and then you go and you purchase at the other, right? Um, and if you're doing that on margin, um, which is credit, then you know that's you can do those kind of actions concurrently. Um, so in so in crypto, like you have to have you have to have these assets sitting somewhere um, and ready to go to transact to facilitate the transaction um, because no, unless you're talking about like a traditional 
exchange, you know, one that's like you got to sign up with your your license and your, uh, you know, your tax statement and everything, unless they're regulated like that and they go through KYC, which is know your customer. So it's like yeah. uh, anti-fraud laws, basically, that require identity management. When you put um, up that little postcard next to your face. Yeah, yeah. So so unless, unless you're going through one of those. We don't have those just... in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> If you're if you're just going through like like a swap, so in particular like Uniswap, Sushi, Polka, Pancake, um, you know any any of those guys, it is all on chain, and they're you know those providers are known as like automated market makers or AMMs, um, and and so what happens is like when I go in and I wanna I wanna purchase some Emacs for example, right? <laughs> um, there must be Emacs sitting there. Uh, for, for me to be able to get it, right? Because I'm not transacting with one person who has Emacs. I'm transacting with the market for Emacs. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And so obviously Ethereum is the de facto standard when it comes to all of these ERC-20 transactions. Uh, so usually everything is, is based on the Ethereum pair, right? Now, there are more elaborate setups that let you create, like, because in the context of the technology, uh, with, with Uniswap or, or, or these, you know, any other similar swap token, in theory, you could have a price pair for every combination, right? So there's like well over 5K coins listed on, um, on CoinMarketCap, for example, right? So you could do like basically like 5,000 squared, right? Because yeah. every single token you could have pair with something else. Mm -hmm. um, but that would be pretty, pretty inefficient um, because how many times do you need to swap directly from, you know, one, one token to another when you cannot simply use like the, the equivalent in the, in the traditional finance of like selling your position, taking a currency and going and buying the new position. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times when you see more elaborate pairs, um, there is much less utility. Uh, and, and and so you know, as this expands, if we look at like the next decade of DeFi, you might imagine these types of swap relationships would be really important. Because what if Banana Company and Strawberry Company both want to sell? They both want to run grocery stores, right? And they don't want to just have bananas or strawberries. They want to have both, and they want to have all kinds Potatoes of other fruits, and stuff, yeah. right? So yeah. instead of needing to transact with money, instead of needing to buy and sell each other's stuff and incur like whether it's processing fees or just the human effort of doing so, or like you have what's called like uh, impermanent loss or counterparty risk or all of these different things, you could then swap and say, hey, I will trade, you know, this equivalent of banana for this equivalent of strawberry and then just drop ship it kind of thing or like just, just bring <laughs> it to my grocery store. Um, bartering. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it's like, that's kind of what these pairs are. It's next-gen bartering, but it could all be automated, right? So, once again, though, to, to dive really specifically, if no one wants to trade bananas for strawberries, there is no liquidity in that pair, right? right? So, then you can never transact. So, even if I say I will trade a billion strawberries for one banana, if there is not a single person um, that has an open order there, or in the context of crypto, if there is is no liquidity to satisfy that um, on 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 parts of the pair, uh, then you just can't do it, right? Because like either buying or selling, so I'll I'll, I'll still use Emacs. Um, 
if I want to go and buy Emacs and I have Ethereum, right, then I'm going to go and I'm going to say, here's my order. And then automatically uh, it will accept my Emacs or it will accept my Ethereum and it will return me Emacs. And mm -hmm. so the Ethereum I am purchasing with goes into the Ethereum side of the price pair into the liquidity pool and out from the Emacs side of the price pair come, it goes to my wallet and it exits that side of the liquidity pool, mm -hmm. right? So what Uniswap does to, to facilitate this um, is they have a bunch of elaborate math that like I've, you know, I did some reading on, I was like, this is not helping me. <laughs> uh, but they, they basically allow um, what are called liquidity providers um, to charge a nominal fee or to set their fees um, for for allowing this this um, this pair for for providing the liquidity there, right? Because what happens is you're going to go and you're basically going to deposit your liquidity. You're going to say, you know, and you've got to do it proportionally. So you know, if I want to go and let's say for round numbers, you know, I'm I'm working with a token that is is one dollar and Ethereum is at a thousand dollars, right? So I got to for every Ethereum that I want to put into this liquidity um, pair, then I also have to add a thousand generic token, right? Um, and that's why otherwise it would it would have repercussions on on the price pair, right? So if there are more buys than sells, or if the you know the value of those buys rather than the sells, then if you're buying from Ethereum, the Ethereum side of the pool um, goes up. Right. And the yeah. amount of available generic token or Emacs or whatever asset goes down. And that is that relativity is the equation that determines price. See, this is, this is crazy. There like, you go. Sorry. I have to keep my mouth shut because my mind, I, I, I grew up doing a lot of bad stuff. I'm not going to get into right. So, like, <laughs> I start thinking one way, and it starts moving, and I'm like, oh, he means this and this and that. You know, here, kilogram of this. And I'm like, you know, so I'm just trying to, you know, you know, I'm just keep my mouth shut. But uh, <laughs> kilogram. <laughs> it's crazy how much that made sense to me. Does it look like, I feel like I'm blushing for you. <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time, bro. Don't worry about it, man. But, oh, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, he slayed that. That was, that was actually, that was pretty dope. But it made so much sense to me in, like, if, if if I had like a twelve year old that was on the corner, I could explain to him perfectly everything you said. <laughs> he didn't know, you know. It was just it was that was, that was good, man. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Forgive me. Forgive me. I guess My I'll try is... to like to compress that into a sound bite. It's like if there are more buys than sells, it goes up. If there yeah, are so... more sells and buys, it goes down. And in the yeah. context of crypto, many other things can happen that make that that result in this action and your conclusions will almost certainly be speculative right, right because then, yeah yeah very very infrequently will you be able to guess or or look at all of the things that have made something happen and in any micro cap like you know on the on traditional side that's like penny stocks right yeah it's the same kind of thing because you got to recognize if there's a million or a couple million and not billions and billions, you can come in there with a million and you can double or you can have the price, yeah. right? Um, and so what we see in crypto as a whole is that like we still represent 
fewer than two trillion. I think with with the current price, I think one point like seven. I think what what one point seven right now. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and only Broski would know that off the top of his head. <laughs> I watched the video last night. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So like, in 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 to put in context, right? Uh, the DTCC processes something on the order of like four quadrillion per year in volume. Right. right. DTCC being the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, which is a private black box company that makes all the rules for all stock markets and probably puts a lot of people in, in the SEC. But <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to go into that right now. Um, Gary Ginsler is a, a, a newly appointed SEC chief. Yep. Um, and I took his introduction to blockchain course online. On It's on YouTube for free. Um, oh, wow. and it was taught, in, uh, I think, MIT. So, like, I could not be happier to have somebody like that in, in a position like that, the SEC. So I think that bodes really, really well for the future of crypto and DeFi. Um, because 100%, like, a lot of things are going to blow up and collapse when this correction occurs. Yep. And to call back to that question from earlier, you know, will we see a wealth transfer? Absolutely, we should. Right. Because a lot of that wealth is accumulated in completely illiquid and useless ways um, that benefit nobody. And why not build something with that? Right. Right. So, I agree with that. yeah. You know. Yeah. I stay getting paid, man. That's all I think about is money, money, money. So, yeah, I'm with that all day. Um, <laughs> like, everything comes down to me because my wife was asking me the other day, right? And she's like, uh, how, how does someone decide that? Bitcoin is worth, you know, $30,000. And I'm like, well, you know, in, in, in the easiest way I can explain it is this supply and demand. You know, this guy has this many. He goes, I'm not going to sell mine unless you give me this much. And somebody has decided if he wants it that much enough. And then he goes in and he, he buys it. You know what I mean? But like, when it comes down to it, man, like the volatility is still, I've been trading for a very little amount of time, even though I've been successful. My, my finger trick, bro, oh, it works. It's beautiful. You just long you know what i'm saying like it, it, it works 50 a good odds eh? <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> there was there was some article right where it was like they had like some dog just pick random stocks and it outperformed like i think it was like 70 or 80 percent of like yeah, see, and, and hedge that. funds like, and mutual funds wow. the, the more i learn the worse i am at trading i swear to god it's like i'm over here charting now and i know all this thing and i can see patterns when i was like uh, green go long but the 12 percent that worked so much better, but it's like, it's, it's, maybe it's just me. I don't know, but like, it's no, crazy. It's thinking too much. It's called analysis paralysis. Yes. Right? Yes. So yep. at a certain point, increased signal and data allows you nothing as far as a benefit in decision making. All, right? all you yeah. see is, all you see is risk now. That's all you see. Yeah. <laughs> That's my whole life, bro. You just define my whole life in one sentence. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, now I, I got another question as far as, as Emacs goes. Is uh, what I asked earlier, like, like, what, what, what's, what does the future hold for Emacs as far as like just not? I mean, in, in the relatively like near future, like in let's say the next three to six months. I mean, speculate. I know you know you just just you know your opinion or or, or your your guess or whatnot. Uh, I'm very curious to know uh, what you think about that, man. I am afraid I have no comment. And I can't blame you for we that. We can one. talk about, you know, what interesting things could happen with crypto projects in the future. You know, that is but I, I would encourage anybody that's interested about learning more. Um, the Discord has been the most effective repository for information on this project, right? So, yeah. like, they've got they've got all of the socials. Discord is the preference, right? So I see. The reason why we're there and have a conversation. It's a dumpster you know, fire right now, though. 
Yeah, uh, the reason why I asked about it is because like I, I feel that like <laughs> Emacs has been out there, but so many people still don't know about it. You know what I mean? Like like from what I've seen, like the, even it's though relative, the fights it's relatively going on, new, it's definitely right, right. New. But I've asked like, like I, I'm in a server that I asked somebody about it uh, a couple days ago, and the guy was like, and this is like a couple days ago, he was like, "What's Emacs?" And I was like, "Yeah, is he lying to me?" You know what I mean? But like just so that's why I asked about that. But just in general, what do you see in the crypto market as a whole then in the next you know few months? Yeah, so, so let, zooming out, right, in in Emacs's context in particular, I think there is more visibility on Emacs than any token of similar age ever, right? Even Ethereum and Bitcoin itself, like, trust me, I know, right? Like, I, I'd be the mm -hmm. guy back in 2011, 2012, like, dude, you got to, everything needs to be decentralized. Like, oh, what, what, what if, what if this, what if this becomes the next generation of finance, you know? And, yeah. and sometimes you're too early, right? Maybe, maybe not so oh. much because, you know, those, those, those old wallets are kind of nice to stumble upon. Man, I've been doing all my banking at the liquor bucks, store for years. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> that's, that's fun. But at the same time, it does something to your brain to be, to like watch something unfold that you were so early on that yeah. it was actually more off-putting than it was encouraging, right? So with regard to Emacs, I think they have the opposite issue which is that they have massive enormous reach and positioning and prominence and then it's like okay what do we do with this right yeah <laughs> now now we have an ability to speak with anybody and and like what do we start with so i'm gonna approach the rest of this piece um outside looking in in the same way that i would describe or analyze any other crypto project. And you know, I, there's no internal insider information here. I'm just gonna say some of the same things I've been saying since the beginning of my involvement, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the same way I would support any value-based position I would take in a project, right? If I'm gonna be invested in something, um, I'm gonna have you know some hypotheses and I'm gonna have some reasoning behind it. So my reasoning is like, hey, I think this is a worthy investment. It means I think it's gonna go up. It's it's like it's, it's said there by nature of being involved in a, in a project, right? So with that in mind, that positioning has a ton of, of value for a bunch of much more deeply technical and deeply utilizable, some, some tokens with a lot of utility, right? Yeah. Um, would absolutely benefit from increased prominence, positioning, and publicity, right? So now I think that the strategies um, that unfold for Emacs and any similar token, um, where you know it has attracted a lot of attention and is searching for purpose and direction, the right thing to do is to connect with any other project or token that reaches out that has clearly expressed Hey, we have an interest in doing, you know, this technology for these reasons and with more people and more eyes and more attention, we would be more successful. And I think in that regard, Emacs is is totally positioned to be like a gateway, right? And you also look at from the position of like let's say, you know, a, a project has developed some some really really like they built a side chain and their transaction times are quick. There's no gas cost. They have all these things that they've invested years into building, right? 
And now they're like, hey, we need distribution for this massively scalable technology. Um, what better way to do that than take a, a token that is just getting its foot in the door representing virtual tickets or digital purchases of tickets for some yeah. high-level sporting events and say, let's go match up with another you know, large enterprise that does all kinds of, of events uh, and promotion, and then we can go and contest Ticketmaster, right? I mean, gotcha. it's, it's <laughs> totally possible to expect those things, but those conversations do not occur overnight. They are long, no. they are extended, sometimes they are aggressive, um, sometimes they are confusing. I've been in many of them, so must be very exciting to be in those conversations, though. Yeah, exciting sometimes, and then you know, then, and then as soon as you look probably. at a chart, as soon as you look at a chart, or as soon as you look a stream of chat, it's like there is no way that that signal cannot be useful to me right now in making some of these decisions. No, right? it's not. You know, it, you know what I mean? It's all, it's all so, like, like if, if you try. The, the, the irony of decentralized projects is so often they suffer from decision paralysis, right? Where, hey, we want to make sure that everybody has an equal voice and an equal decision. But, you know, if you've got 10 people together and one of the 10 is a domain expert, and then the decision that everyone has to have equal vote um, is a domain-specific decision, right? So a particular thing, um, yeah. legal, financial, marketing, PR, like interpersonal, uh, technical, like the list goes on, right? And then you can subdivide each of those. So now you have a controversial scenario where many people are being asked to give a weight that has equal, or uh, give a vote that has equal weight to a thing that they are not deeply familiar with. And so now the, the politics, as it were, requires like whoever the domain expert is to now like negotiate and politicize their their knowledge of a thing and translate it effectively to these other decision uh, decision makers and and so so frequently in the context of a decentralized organization this this prevents things from happening right and so the successes that i've watched in in semi decentralized organizations employ some type of weighted governance where it's like hey you know, here are things that I have basically no opinion on because yeah. I am not qualified to have opinions. Exactly. Yes, right? that's how You know, and, and so that requires a fair amount of self-regulation, right? That means that, like, people have to be honest about which decisions um, they believe them to themselves to be effective in. And that's, uh, and that's a really, having... really, yeah, that's go. a really challenging thing to do. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like just in general, like, people people will say stuff they know or comment on stuff. How many on Facebook? You see it all the time. Someone starts common sense and stuff that they maybe heard their auntie's cousin talk about, you know what I mean, that no one knows anything about. And they're so sure in what they're saying. It's I don't know what you would call those people, but I see it all the time. Uh, we got a buddy who's always posting stuff like that. But it's like, if, if I don't know something about something, I'll ask because I'm not one to make a fool of myself. I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Derp, derp. And it's like, I have no idea. But there's people who, who they don't even care, man. Like, it just it, it blows my mind. But emotions and ego get in the way of so many things. It's like, that's, yes. Oh, yes. that's crazy to me. Yeah. And I mean, so frequently too, like if you're in any of these scenarios, a lot of the time, you know, you can take a deep breath, be an observer to your own thoughts. And you could, you can watch as like, Hey, the way that you're doing things is not so dissimilar from the way other people are doing things. Right. Perception um, is everything. Yeah. Mm. You know, so I, I think there's a fair amount of 
that, 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 excuse me, there's a massive amount of value in always trying to approach any decision or any conclusion with a fair amount of like self-skepticism, right? Where even if instinctually it's like, this is what we got to do, I'm 100%, then it's like, I don't ever go above 80% um, until I have that rest filled by people that I respect, yeah. you know? Yeah, I respect uh, that. Be because it's, yep. it's just suboptimal to be that hyper-aggressive. That doesn't mean that like I'm not 80% often, uh, yeah. But it, it <laughs> certainly means that, like, I'm never going to steamroll people um, until they help me fill in that gradient uh, because there will always be things that everyone misses. And sometimes that's a result of, you know, the uh, the spontaneity of a decision. Sometimes it has to do with, like, you know, overthinking. Physio yeah, physiological factors. So sometimes, you know, you're more prone than others to, like, think more narrowly into looping things and 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 sometimes you're way too divergent right and you're thinking about too many things and yeah. you need somebody to help you get channeled and focused yep. you know it just needs to be an iterative process yep. i think it's really important for everybody to practice all right I we're going people... on an hour i got one more question art you can go first no 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 i was gonna say something retarded so just go ahead and, and, and... Okay. <laughs> i, I, I just didn't want to take too, too much of your time josh but um, I just had a no question worries. about the future of crypto with uh, regulation and the SEC coming in. Where do you think that's going to take us? Because honestly, I can go online right now and I can create a token and I can add liquidity to it and I can sell it to people. And it doesn't cost me much and it doesn't take a lot of time. And that's uh, a lot of scams are coming out of that. There's been tons of scams probably in the past month where it's just pump and dumps over and over yeah. again. Uh, I think regulation is needed. What is your take on it, and where do you think regulation is going to take us? And how much is Bitcoin going to be worth next week? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Zero. <laughs> That's what my chart's telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Regulation, I think, is probably the singular most important thing um, for the effective growth of DeFi as a whole. Um, regulation is not the enemy, right? Yes. Regulation is what allows you some standards and some guardrails to go and build a thing and see if it works without accidentally destroying people's lives. Right. Yep. Uh, so zooming into like the current state of affairs and my short-term speculative pro projections, I think NFTs are regulated as securities before cryptos themselves, before cryptocurrencies. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I believe this because I've done a fair amount of detailed reading. And if you Google, like, are NFTs securities, for example, right? Or, like, even probably, you could probably get there by Googling, like, uh, how are NFTs taxed? NFTs Some, blow my mind, man. They yeah. blow my mind. Yeah, well, so, okay, let's, let's, let's non-fungible. What, what does non-fungible mean? as compared to a fungible asset, it is the ease at which it is transacted Digital. or how, how, how it is, how it is represented. So like, as it stands, what, what people are saying in NFT is it's just, it's just a hash, a digital hash, um, which you control the private key to. Um, right. so, you know, you can, for example, you know, you can, you can upload your Twitter post. Sometimes I've heard those called tweets. <laughs> you can upload your tweet. 
As oh, you NFT. just taught me that. I had no idea. <laughs> you, know, you, so you can upload your, your tweet as an NFT, but you can also screenshot someone else's tweet and upload that as an NFT. And in, right. how, how are you determining authenticity and ownership, right? So yeah. it's like the utility is just not there because in my opinion, the future of NFTs is much less transactional and much to do with how we fix just the abhorrent broken patent and IP system that we have in, uh, in, in, in modern civilization. It's yeah. just, it's just extraordinarily terrible in, in every regard in software <laughs> and in manufacturing in healthcare in, in publishing in music production, yep, yep. terrible everywhere. Right. <laughs> so if we could find a way of, of establishing a digital chain of cu custody for how things happen, that makes NFTs viable. And in the short term, I think they are, are dangerous to consider, right? Because you have to now, you know, if you if you do that Googling, you'll see there's some, I forget the name of the, there's some test, right? And it's like every top law firm on the top and the first page of that, that search references this same test. And so it's like, you know, someone like Dunning-Kruger, like it's like some name that's something test. And so everyone that's that's like, you know, gone through this knows that test. And it's like, this is the most recent or relevant precedent, which has been established by, I think now like this, I think it was like, it went all the way up to the Supreme Court, but whatever, it's precedent, right? And it says there's like three factors on whether something um, will be considered a security or not, right? Because it's like, hey, if I don't go through and do all the paperwork to list my company publicly, and I don't say I'm selling shares, but I'm like, hey, I've got 10,000 gumballs. And for every gumball that you have that you don't eat, you have you know, one ten thousandth of this company, the SEC can come in and be like, that's a share. Uh, <laughs> you're committing securities fraud by not going through these forms, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that's a security. And I don't even, I, I might be able to remember the three criteria. Um, I know one of the, let's see if I can do it. I know one of the three is, did you market it as an appreciable investment, right? Um, I think number, I think one of, another one of the three is, um, is it easy? Is it is it is it liquid, right? Because like art is obviously not uh, a security, but I, I also because like fine. art of certain prices <laughs> is not super easy to just instantly sell, right? Um, so I'm pretty sure those are two of the three, and I don't remember the third honestly. But yeah, I mean you can go and Google that, right? So Google, nonetheless, yeah. they're like that precedent and and those. Um, those statements by well-renowned and well-regarded legal bodies are contrasted by there are not those statements about cryptocurrency, right? Um, however, if you if you dissect Ripple, right? If you dissect Ripple and you get into you know you go just like digging straight to the source by going and looking at the you know the solidity code of a smart contract or just like digging through getting to all the DTCC rule filings. You can always go straight to the heart of the data. And so in that lawsuit, you can go and you can you can read like court filings and documents and you can read transcripts. And, you know, some of it, I think, is redacted, but a lot of it's just there. And you go and you look into that and you can find that, like, one of the bigger issues um, in that in that case and in that context is that they were using what could be or like what is considered at I, I think, I don't know if it's even been established yet, but it's considered shareholder money 
to, yeah. to fund their other projects and to gift themselves things, right? And so the difference here is, is in fact, the, the preface of, did you do this as a, you know, like a fair launch or the closest equivalent to it, or did you offer it as an ICO, right? Because if you did it as an ICO, you are simply declaring that these tokens or these coins are equivalent to shares, right? So you are establishing yourself that this is a security or it's like a securitized asset, I think is yeah. what it's referred asset to. Asset yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, if you do that and then you take some of that and you go and you spend it on whatever, and because that's like shareholder investments, you're supposed to disclose that. You're supposed to go and have like board approval and whatever the constructs and requirements are. You don't do that. That's a problem, right? But, you know, I go and, and I just write a smart contract. I go clone something. I whip it up there in 15 minutes. I go, I pay and I fund the initial liquidity um, on Uniswap. And then like I hold back 90% for myself and I only put 10% there. And yep. someone comes and they buy it. Um, as as it stands right now, that's I they just they just gave me that money if I want to sell, right? Love and cool. and it is challenging. It is challenging to even consider how a precedent would be set given the innumerable potential trade-offs. And in the context of, of legal precedent, right? Like some of these things, like they're gonna have a they're they they get cited 20, 30 years down the road, right? So it's a it, it is a real question where the line is going to be drawn in the context of cryptocurrencies. So you can tell like, hey, if, if, if there's an organizational affiliation and they are promo me, promoting themselves as a security, well, then you can know it's important to do dil due diligence on that company because you are truly investing into a traditional company, an organization. They're simply using a new technology to unlock um, that mechanism of investing, right? And if you're doing it with a project where, say, for example, you know, everybody's anonymous, but they have like renounced ownership of the original contract and they don't hold, you know, some scary percentage of all circulation, then it's like, do that at your own risk, but, but recognize where are you placing your trust, right? Are you placing your trust in yourself and your ability to speculate on whether other people will eventually find this token interesting or not? Are you speculating on, you know, potential outcomes of teams that are spending time that are talented um, and their ability to make something that's useful? Like, are you, you got to place your trust in somewhere, right? And so like more volatile things mean that you can have more random potential reward, but it also means you accept that downside and you should play at your own risk. More risk, yeah. yep. yep. If I loan so, people money, I expect to not get it back. So, yep. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, we could, we could go on in this direction, but like regulation's important. Do it at your own risk, anything in crypto. And like, try and take some time and do some due diligence if you are truly interested in a longer term play. Otherwise, you're gambling, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But like, let's not all go and attack people and send hate mail and death threats because you lost your gambling money. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. You you yeah. made the mistake. <laughs> yep, it's exactly what it you is. You can't get mad at Marlboro when you die from smoking cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> mm. oh, Sam, you said you had one more buddy. question. One last question. 
So Kimmy K has put a post up on her Instagram about this. Are you guys, um, have you got any other publicity um, movements that you're trying to get some uh, some high rolls, I suppose, or so, you know, some some people in those kind of positions? Are you working on anything to try and get more posts out, to try and basically just trying to get the word out about this? Because Pay like to win, said, pay to win, right, Josh? Like you said before, <laughs> not, not a lot of people know about it. So how are you anticipating oh, to get so this I, out? So like I said, I contest that, right? I think far more people know about us far earlier than any other project and yeah i agree i agree there's a significant amount of influence in how we go about doing because it is simultaneously it's simultaneously our greatest lever you know it's it it is a way to now go and interact with anybody that we choose right Mm -hmm. and and it is both that and it is a huge burden and liability because there is so much more scrutiny on things that any other project would have already solved behind closed doors, right? Yeah. Uh, so that is the that is the irony of that positioning, which is another dimension of volatility, right? <laughs> so we have multiple dimensions of volatility here, big, which big are equal, you know it is equilibrium between that could be massive payoff or it could implode. But that's yeah, the nature right. of volatility itself, right? And so I'm in this position and I'm invested in the project because I believe in the upswing, right? Mm-hmm. But that is my statement, not a financial advisor. You might have guessed that already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, not a financial advisor, none of us. Yes. I always say yeah. that we're not financial advisors, but you know, we just, we like to advise people on their finances. You know what I mean? We run, yeah. we run a trading group. We, uh, we help people, we mentor them, but we, we don't give out financial advice. <laughs> right, because in the end of the day, it's, it's your decision. You know what I mean? Like, if 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 I tell you to go bet on the on the Lakers, you know what I mean? Like, that's just my advice. I don't I don't have no inside you know information on nothing. Like, so you can't get mad at me when you lose. You know, you shouldn't listen to me. That's your fault, bro. <laughs> yeah. We've got lots of disclaimers. Yeah, yeah fair enough. It's so necessary. I mean, my life is a disclaimer, but yeah, it's just in general, it's just uh oh, I. I I've asked everything I want to know, man. I mean, I said I have a lot of questions, man. It's been an hour. I don't like people, you know, just, just yeah, we'll have to have you back. I, I don't want to take yeah, definitely, too much man. Time. I mean, we uh, tomorrow. Let's do it again tomorrow. And I'm saying, but like, <laughs> just realistically, I, I'm I'm very I'm very like impatient, man. I, I I can't an hour. I'm blown away. Me and my wife do a show in 45 minutes, you know, an hour, and I'm like, okay, it's time. To, so it, it went by pretty fast. I, I thought it was cool, man, all around. But um, great experience, it's, great some experience. great information too, man. Um, but yeah, we definitely have to have you back. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to it or also uh, when you get off the thing, uh, get with Broski so that if you got any links you want us to put on the description or anything you want or any information, anything at all, just, you know, uh, let us know. But I, I thought it was cool. I thought it went really well, man. I mean, it is live. I don't know how many people saw us. Uh, whoever didn't, you know, it's your it's your bad. You guys are going to lose money now because you don't watch this. We'll be sharing it everywhere. Yeah, definitely, really man. Really appreciate you having me on here, for sure. It was a yeah, lot of we fun. We really appreciate oh, it, man. I just – been constructing all of this uh this new setup so the internet can see more of me (laughs) back to the internet yeah i believe it's time you know the beacons have been lit (laughs) gotta come back show your face come out and blush for everybody else right (laughs) yeah Yeah, man appreciate it man it was really cool uh thanks for your time man and uh uh, we definitely have to have you back uh hopefully sooner than later man um and keep us updated if you can appreciate it will do thank you everybody take care all right take care buddy Bye. That that was dope. I'm gonna end the broadcast real quick.